just for a few moments tonight to the book of Jude. Book of Jude. I'm just going to pick up where I left off Sunday night and uh, preach until the end of this book. Just uh, 25 verses, but uh, I try to finish it up. But you never know. I'll just preach it. Like I said Sunday night, I preached till I think you've had enough, amen, and uh, so it uh, won't be too long, but uh, I'm thankful for the Word of God, amen, appreciate His presence, appreciate church on Wednesday night, isn't it good to go to church on Wednesday night, and a lot of places uh, uh, have canceled services, and I'm not being critical, but uh, I tell you, I want to go to church in the middle of the week, I, not because I'm spiritual, uh, because I live in this flesh, amen, and, uh, and I'm not telling you I'm spiritual, I'm just telling you I need church on Wednesday night uh, just to get me through the end of the week and uh, just need all the help I can get, amen, and so if you're able to stand with us tonight, we'll just read two or three verses and then preach as the Lord leads us tonight from this text. In the book of Jude, we'll go back and read uh, the first uh, four verses of Scripture tonight. Jude, the servant of Jesus Christ and brother of James and them that are sanctified by God the Father and preserved in Jesus Christ and called mercy unto you and peace and love be multiplied. Beloved, when I gave all diligence to write unto you the common salvation, it was needful for me to write unto you and exhort you that you should earnestly contend for the faith which was once delivered unto the saints. For there are certain men crept in unawares who were before of old ordained to this condemnation and godly men turning the grace of our God into lasciviousness and denying the only Lord God and our Lord Jesus Christ. Then look at verse number 20. But ye beloved building up yourselves on your most holy faith praying in the Holy Ghost. Father Lord I do ask you to bless the reading of thy word tonight. Thank you for the good singing that we've heard and for your presence that's been in this place tonight. I pray now that you'll give us liberty these next few moments and May you be glorified in all that will be said and done. In Jesus' name we do pray. Amen. Amen. You can be seated tonight. I want to look in verse, pick up in verse number 8. Uh, but it began preaching Sunday night uh, on the battle for fundamentalism. And we know that this is not a new battle. It may seem like a new battle in the day and hour in which we're living in. But it's an age old battle. Because Jude here, uh, the half brother of Jesus and James, uh, he mentions here the servant of Jesus Christ, he says. Uh, but the brother of James. So we see the humility of Jude in the greeting and he talks about the grace the mercy, the peace being multiplied and he talks about the goal as he writes to these Christians in his day and time he was going to write about the common salvation but instead he encourages them to earnestly contend for the faith. The faith, the fundamentals of the faith. He mentions it in verse number 20. Building up yourself on your most holy faith. So Jude opens this epistle uh, talking about faith and he closes this epistle uh, talking about faith. Why is that? Because in the same hour that Jude was living in, a lot like the hour we're living in tonight, uh, the fundamentals of the faith were under attack. Now I want to just stop and say this tonight. I thank God that we are fundamentalists. Amen. I, I thank God that we believe the Bible and we believe the doctrines and the principles and the teachings and, and the convictions. Amen. You say why? Because between verse number 3 and verse number 20, uh, Jude highlights the hour in his day and it's the same hour that we're living in tonight. It's the days of apostasy. Amen. Uh, abandoning the truth and turning away from the truth. And so uh, what we have in this epistle tonight is we have faith opening this epistle. We have faith closing this epistle. Uh, Jude is encouraging them contend uh, for those fundamentals 
build yourself up on those fundamentals of the faith. Why? Because of the apostasy that's on every hand. And we're seeing that in this hour. Amen. There was a time when you could go a lot of places and, and listen, you could hear good preaching just about anywhere and there would be a good church just about anywhere. But that's not the day we're living in now. Things have changed. Amen. And we talked about last Sunday night, we talked about how that Jude mentioned here these apostates. And he opens in verse number 4 and gives a preview of these apostates. And then in verse number 5 down to verse number 7 he gives a pattern concerning these apostates. He uses three illustrations talking about the unbelieving Israelites and the unwilling angels and then the unholy cities. And isn't that the pattern of apostates? They always start out with disbelief and then they move to disobedience and finally it's defilement. Amen? They don't lead men to more godliness but they lead them to ungodliness. Amen? And so tonight when we come to verse number 8 I want you to see what Jude is going to do now. He's going to talk about the performance of these apostates. He's going to give great detail. If you'll notice in verse 11 he makes this statement. He says woe unto them. Now notice this phrase here. For they have gone in the way of Cain. Think about the way that these people are going when we look at these verses tonight. And I think we ought to look at others tonight that attack fundamentalism and others that want to wage war against those of us that just believe the Bible and believe the fundamentals of the faith. You know you don't have to question it a whole lot if you just look at the way they're going. Y'all still with me tonight? Look at the way they're living. Look at the things they're doing. Look at the direction that they're going and it'll tell you volumes. Amen. And so he's going to deal with the performance of these apostates. Notice some things about them tonight. He tells us in verse number 8 that they're deluded in their performance. He said likewise also these filthy dreamers. Amen. They're deluded in their performance. What does that mean? Uh, That phrase filthy dreamers uh, it simply means uh, that these people here uh, they lived in a dream world uh, of unreality. Amen. They lived in a fantasy world. Uh, They lived in a world of deceit. Uh, They were deluded by Satan. Amen. Uh, Regarding their beliefs. Uh, They have convinced themselves uh, uh, that what they know and what they believe is right. Uh, Listen these people are deluded in their performance. Uh, uh, You cannot uh, uh, change an apostate. You cannot win an apostate. Why? Because they've rejected the truth uh, but they've also taken that truth uh, and they have turned it into a lie. Amen. And so we see that they're deluded in their performance. Uh, Notice they're defiled in their performance. He said uh, that they defile the flesh. Amen. I mean listen these people uh, they're fleshly. Everything about them. Uh, They propagate bad doctrine. Amen. And you know what bad doctrine does? Uh, It causes bad beliefs. Amen. And bad beliefs causes bad behavior. Amen. You see how what a man believes uh, uh, determines how he's going to behave. Amen. And the Bible says here that they defile the flesh. Uh, uh, They lead lead in a fleshly manner. Uh, They don't raise the standard but they lower the standard. Amen. Uh, They dumb down. They defile the saints. Uh, uh, Their words are fleshly. Amen. They like to use slang terms. You know I think when a preacher gets up to preach uh, he ought to be holy even in his speech. Can I get an amen right there? And we 
ought to use Bible terminology. Amen. I like the word amen. I like the word hallelujah. I like the word glory to God. I praise the Lord. Those are Bible terms. Amen. But apostates always want to pull you away from that. They want to pull you to a fleshly mindset. A fleshly way of thinking. You know why? Because their words are fleshly. Amen. Listen to what they talk about. Listen to the things that they do. Not only their words but their walk is fleshly. Amen. They don't live godly lives and they don't encourage others to live godly life. They tell you it's okay to go to church on Sunday and get drunk on Monday. Amen. Or drink on Monday. They tell you it's okay to gamble. They tell you all kinds of things. There's nothing black or white anymore. You know what? Why? Because their walk is is defiled. It's fleshly. Amen. Listen, their worship is fleshly. They've got to bring in that kind of music. They've got to bring in that kind of service. They've got to get rid of anything. Remember years ago a man wrote a book and he made that statement. He said get rid of the pulpit. He said get rid of your choir loft. Get rid of anything that reminds people of church. You say, well, what is that? It's an apostate. Worldly worship. Their walk is worldly. Their worship is worldly. Their works is is worldly, is fleshly. I'm talking about this is why they defile the flesh. Uh, Notice here, uh, my friend, that they're despising in their performance. Uh, And the Bible said they despise dominions. Amen. Uh, They speak evil of dignities. Uh, uh, What's wrong with these people is that they despise authority. Uh, They don't like anybody to tell them what to do. And can I tell you, it doesn't matter who we are. It doesn't matter how old we are are. We're always going to have somebody that we've got to give an answer to. And I say thank God for that. Amen. I need accountability in my life. You need accountability in your life. And I'm telling you we're all accountable to God and we are accountable to each other. Amen. I don't buy into this notion that well it doesn't matter what other people think about me. No it does matter. That verse that says that God looks on, uh, man looketh on the outward appearance, but God looketh on the heart. Do you realize that verse is so abused so many times? Uh, uh, but listen, what that also means is that we have a double responsibility is what we have. God looks beyond our flesh and our outwardness. He does see our heart and He knows the sincerity of our motives. Uh, hey, but the world is looking at us. Uh, man is watching us. Uh, and so we're to be sincere on the inside and we are to be sanctified on the outside and because we give an account to God and whether people like it or not we do give an account to man isn't that right see testimony matters it means so much but they are defiled they're despising in their performance they despise dominions they speak evil of dignities even Michael the archangel when contending with the devil he disputed about the body of Moses durst not bring against him a railing accusation but said the Lord rebuked thee I mean even Michael the archangel that high ranking angel with all that power and authority that he had been given he knew his place and he knew to stay in his life 
complain. And can I just tell you, we're living in that time when it seems like people just don't know how to stay in their lane. They don't know how to just stay in their place. You know, even in a church, we have ways that we do things. And we have we have order. Can I get an amen right there? We have administration. That doesn't mean that we're not old-fashioned and we don't follow the leadership of the Holy Spirit. But it does mean that you just don't go off and do something. Amen. There's a chain of command. Why is that? Because it keeps things the way they ought to be. And you've got to preach that nowadays. And I don't mean this personal unless you need to take it personal. But we're living in a generation that is being taught the opposite of that. That they don't have to listen to their parents. They don't have to listen to their principal. They don't have to listen to the police officer. I'm telling you, friend, there's authority in our life. And God will bless us for not despising that. Amen. You say, I got to ask the pastor about everything. Can I get an amen right there? I promise you, I don't want to be over everything. But don't do nothing without asking the pastor. Can I get a witness right there? Or the preacher's wife, you ladies, don't go off and just do something. I don't think you would, but it still needs to be preached, amen. Uh, Don't go off and just uh, say, well, I'm just going to do this because, you know, that's what a rebel does, amen. Uh, But you've got to go through the right chain of command. I feel like I'm plowing through concrete, so y'all pray for me right now. But I still need to preach this, amen. I'm just telling you, we're living in that day. It's not going to get better. And men of God, we we just have to pastor and make our mind up we can be popular or be respected but it just pays and it'll be better for the church if we just do things the way we're supposed to amen now nobody here would say this tonight but I'm sure somebody's left here down through the years and said well you know brother gravity just likes to keep his thumb on things I don't but I better keep my eye on things are y'all with me tonight that's for all of our benefit I mean, that's what a watchman does, amen? His weekend. I don't want any more responsibility. In fact, if you want some, I'll give it to you, amen? Because I don't want a title. I don't want any more responsibility. I'm telling you, if anybody will go off and do something, uh, you say, I ain't got nothing to do. You come see me, I'll give you 20 things to do that should have been done yesterday, amen? I'm not looking for any more responsibility. But what I'm telling you is we're going to have to train young people. We're going to have to train them. You young people, listen to me. It matters what your preacher thinks about uh, the way you're living. It matters what your pastor's wife thinks. It matters more importantly what your parent thinks, uh, your parents think, and it matters most importantly what the Lord thinks about what you're doing. Don't despise that authority. They're despising in their performance. They're dumb in their performance. Look what he said. They speak evil, verse 10, of those things which they know not. But what they know naturally as brute beasts in those things, they corrupt themselves. I mean, they are like a, a wild beasts when you think about that. They're like, like, like wild animals. Uh, they speak things that they don't know anything about. I mean, if you live in amazing how people can be in an old-fashioned church all their life, and then one day they leave it, just like flipping a switch, and they go over here and they join something that is against everything that they ever grew up in, and all of a sudden that's the most wonderful thing in the world sometimes you have to ask yourself all them years sitting in those pews were they listening hey tonight not being ugly and being honest are you listening I know it's Wednesday night you've worked hard you're tired 
But thank God you're here. And I'm glad you're here and I appreciate you being here. But are you, when I say are you listening, I'm not talking about to me. Do you hear what he says to you? Is it getting down in your heart? Don't let it just be a regular Wednesday. It could not be just a regular Wednesday night service. I'm telling you tonight, uh, we have to, our people, as it says in the Old Testament, I know it's talking about the nation of Israel, but how true it is today when they said our people are destroyed because of a lack of knowledge. It's not a lack of preaching. It's not a lack of teaching. I think it's a lack of listening. I remember a few years ago, uh, one Wednesday night I was preaching. It's probably it's been well over 10 years. Maybe it's been 17 to 18 years ago now. But I remember preaching on a Wednesday night, and I preached, I don't remember what I preached, but I remember preaching some sermon and then about midnight I got a phone call from a family that was having some marital issues and they said preacher can you come over to the house and so I I got dressed and went over there and was there till about 4 o'clock in the morning now I don't remember where I was going but I do remember that I I had to leave it early that morning and I wanted to help them, I understand I wanted to help them but y'all pray for me I mean, it's 3 and 4 o'clock in the morning. I'm trying to be spiritual, but I'm about half mad. I know y'all wouldn't be. I've been up all night with this, this outfit. And I've listened to everything she had to say, and then I listened to everything he had to say, and boy, I learned to stop doing that too. But I listened to it all. In my mind, I'm thinking, man, i got, I got to leave here in a few hours. And the reason he said, Preacher, why was you mad? Not because they called me, not because I had to leave. I'm going to tell you why I was frustrated. When they got through telling everything about each other that they knew on each other, I said, this is what I asked them. I said, do either one of y'all remember what I preached last night? And they were embarrassed. I didn't say nothing, but sometimes I don't remember the next day what I preached. But they didn't know that, you know. I said, y'all remember what I preached last night? I knew they didn't know. And they just, they were ashamed. They said, no. I said, well, I'm going to tell you. I'm not going to tell you what I preached, but I'm going to tell you this. Everything y'all just sat here and talked about, if you had listened, they were there. I said, if you had listened to that sermon, hey, what none of us been up half this night. I said, what are you saying, preacher? And I know when you go week in and week out, sometimes you just get tired. But I'm telling you, listen, don't make a habit of sitting in church and your mind being on everything else. Sometimes we can't help it. I'm not fussing. I've been there myself. But I'm telling you, You better hear what God says to you. Don't waste, don't get ready and come to church and waste time in church. I mean, I don't care who's doing the preaching in every message. I don't care. And you know, sometimes people say, well, I don't like this man's personality. I don't like this man's voice. Oh, you need to grow up a whole lot more than that. Amen. I'm telling you, so I don't like his delivery. Look beyond that. He that hath an ear, let him hear. Amen. Hey, that's why I think it's good to have different preachers here so we don't just get into one frame of mind and say and get into one frame of mannerism. Amen. I'm telling you, every man of God, that's a man of God. Uh, listen, God has something in that sermon. It may be one sentence, it may be one phrase, uh, but He has something that I need to hear, and He has something that you need to hear. Amen. Don't ever get into this. I won't finish this sermon. Amen. We're going to get to the end of it eventually. But don't ever get in this mode. Well, I like this preacher in the church, but I don't like this preacher. Amen. You see, I just, you know, I don't get nothing out of his preaching because you don't put nothing in it. 
You say, well, he bores me and he excites me. You know what that means when you say that? What that means is it means you've not grown up in your Christian life. I'm going to tell you tonight if a 12-year-old boy got up to preach and it was God's will and God gave him a sermon, there's something your pastor needs to hear. That's the attitude. We get what we approach with the right attitude, but that's why people are taken away. They, they're dumb in their performance. They're, notice they're depicted in their performance. He said in verse number 11, look what he said, Woe unto them, for they've gone in the way of Cain. They've ran greedily after the heir of Balaam for reward and perished in the gainsaying of Korah. Now look at the way that they've gone. They've gone in the way of Cain after the heir of Balaam and the gainsaying of Korah. Think about these three individuals that's mentioned here. When you think about the way of Cain, Cain rejected the truth. That's the way of rejection. When you think about the heir of Balaam, Balaam sold out, didn't he? Listen, he sold out for money. When you think about the gainsaying of Korah, he disrespected Uh, Moses. Uh, Hey listen that's the pattern he's talking about. It starts out here in this verse with rejecting the truth uh, then selling out for something in this world and then finally you disrespect the holy things of God. And tonight is that not where a lot of people are at? Uh, Listen they've rejected the truth of this Bible and they've sold out to this world uh, and in return uh, they disrespect the, the sacred things of God. They make fun of the things of God. They mock men of God. They mock the way we live. They mock the way that we worship. Their battle's not with us tonight, but their battle is with the one they're going to give an account to. I want to tell you tonight, I thank God for old type religion and young people, God will bless you if you won't sell out to this world, but sell out to Christ and say goodbye to this world. And listen, it starts with receiving or rejecting the truth. Amen. Make your mind up. You're just going to receive the truth. I don't want a preacher, and you you know this, I never want a preacher to come in and be mean. Nobody likes mean preaching. Amen. It won't hurt you, but it won't help you. You're going to have to listen to it sometimes. But, you know, I don't want somebody to come in and just rip the church up. In fact, I'll tell you, there's people I don't have in. It's not because they don't have the right stand. They have the wrong spirit. And I'll just be honest with you. I'm not going to put. I'm not going to take money that that we have sacrificed and and put in the offering plate. We gave it to God. It's not our money. It's His money. But it just don't make good common sense to bring a man in, uh, Brother Green, put him in a nice motel, feed him real good meals, and take good care of him, and then give him a real nice love offering and let him just rip us up one side and down the other just to be doing. Can I get an amen right there? I mean, you know. Some men, their ministries is jerks for Jesus. That's true. You can be straight and be strong and not be a smart elk. Amen. But I said all that to say this. Receive the truth. Even when it hits you. Even when it convicts you. Even when you have to say, oh me. Even when you have to say, I'm guilty. Now listen, let, a man may preach you down the aisle, but never let him preach you out the door. If he's preaching the Bible, 
I mean, you just take it. And I'll tell you, this is the way we always want to keep it around here. We want everything to always be preached on that needs to be preached on. Amen. Because that keeps it right in the house of God. Does that mean that we're 100% living it? Why no, you know better than that. And if anybody said, well, I live it all, you know they're lying. Amen. We try to live it as, cl- as close as we can. But I'd be the first to say I fall short. Can I get a few people to testify with me on that? I mean, we just come up short. Amen. I'll tell you, I, I, but it ought to be preached tighter than every one of us are living so that it challenges us. Amen. We don't want to bring the standard from here down to here because people will live right here. No, we want to raise that standard and we never get mad at anybody that's got a higher standard than what you got. You just think about it, pray about it, consider it. Amen. But don't get upset with them about that. I'm telling you, friend, preaching what is right, receive the truth of the Word of God. Now, we always need to stay in the bounds of the book, don't we? But these people, they're deceitful in their, in their performance. They're spots in your feast of charity. Oh, think about this tonight. That word spots is the same word for hidden rocks. And those ships would come in. You know what those hidden rocks, those spots would do? They'd break the ship up. I'm going to tell you, these apostates, they come in. They creep in unaware, Jude said. They come in under radar. Maybe they got a voice and they sing like a mockingbird. Maybe they got a great swelling words and can articulate words and, and the ability to teach. And, and you got to be careful, amen. Uh, listen, who you put in a Sunday school class. You got to be careful uh, who preaches. You got to be careful. Uh, listen, uh, nowadays, uh, who's, uh, who's discipling other people, amen. They need to believe exactly what the Word of God teaches. And, and I want to say tonight, uh, listen, you need to know what the church believes, amen. You need to know what our articles of faith is. Uh, our young people need to know why they're Baptists, amen. That's why Sunday school is so important, amen. It's so important to go to Sunday school. And then I know I'm preaching to you and you're here on Wednesday night, but remind, help me to remind all those people on Sunday morning, amen, not to come dragging in late for Sunday school, but to get up early and to come to Sunday school on time. And I think you, our folks do a good job, but you got to keep preaching it, amen. Or I'll tell you what will happen. They won't come to Sunday school. And Sunday school needs to be something that people want to come to. Teacher, always grow. Don't always, don't be careful not to get in a rut. You know, you study, learn. And I think all of our teachers do, and I appreciate it. You say, why? Because there's a lot of apostates out there. And there, there's a lot of hidden rocks along life's way. And so they're deceitful in their performance. They're devoid of performance. Notice he said they're clouds. In this verse, he said they're clouds without water. They're trees whose fruit uh, is, has withered without fruit. They're twice dead and plucked up by the roots. I mean, they're devoid of any fruit whatsoever. Uh, they can't disciple. They can't, listen, they can't convert someone from, from that's lost. Uh, they have to come in and take those that we have won to Christ and brought to Him. They've got to come in and take them. Uh, that's what liberals do. They don't build anything. Apostates don't really build anything. They steal. They rob. Uh, Listen, apostates are wolves in sheep's clothing, and we have to be careful, don't we? They're destructive in their performance. They're raging waves. They are disgraceful, foaming out their shame. 
They, uh, listen, are drifting. They're wandering stars. That is the performance. You say, Brother Gravely, why is it so important to preach this? It's not shouting ground tonight, but it's important. If our church is going to be tonight, and I hope it's better, but if our church is going to be tonight, 10 years from now, what it is tonight, it's going to take, uh, listen, us staying with the truth and us us not just staying with it, but knowing it. Amen? It's not enough just to hold a King James Bible. I'm glad I'm King James only tonight, but it's not enough just to yell it and scream it and hold it. Amen? we got to know what's in the covers. Amen? Uh, and I'll tell you, listen, uh, of course, Brother Green's here tonight, and, and he's got all those beautiful Bibles. And thank God they are beautiful Bibles. Amen. Uh, But I would say to every one of us tonight, uh, uh, don't get so excited about the cover. Amen. Uh, Be more excited about what's in between that cover. Amen. Uh, Listen, uh, uh, there's nothing wrong with buying a good, nice Bible. I hope a a bunch of them buys them tonight. Uh, But I'm telling you, you need to be excited about the content uh, more than the cover. Amen. Because the content is what's going to salvage your children. The content's what's going to keep your home together. The content is what's going to keep the church where it needs to be at. We don't just need to have the truth. We need to hold to the truth. Amen. There will be those that will abandon the truth. The hardest thing is a pastor. And there's men here tonight that, that know this well. You win somebody to God. You watch them grow. You watch them Watch God bless their life. They grow in the church. They're a blessing to the church. And somewhere along the way, unknown to what reasons, they abandon the truth. You know what? I just felt a little nudge when I said that. I'll be somebody sitting here tonight. You've just been thinking. Maybe I ought to go somewhere else. Maybe I ought to do something else. We preach it to the young people, but I'm not talking to them right now. It's Wednesday night crowd. There'll be longevity in your church membership. You got to stay put. If your best friend leaves, you got to stay. If your children leaves, you got to stay. I'm telling you tonight, you can't go somewhere. I went and preached in a church. I may have told it before. Preached there for 10 years for a guy. And there was a man that sat on the front row, been there for 30 years. Went back one year and he was gone. I said something to the pastor. I said, is he out sick? He wasn't there none of me. And he said, he left me after 30 years. And he said, Brother Gravely, he said, it's not that he left me. He said, it's where he went that bothers me the most. He said, they're so, they don't even have the right copy of the Word of God. After 30 years of sitting under the truth, he, he abandoned it. What? That scares me tonight could happen to me. could happen to you. I don't want to get, I don't want to stray. I don't want to get soft. I, I tell you, if anything, don't you want to just finish? Finish. Brother Sean, I want to finish right by the grace of God. I don't want to, cha- I don't want to change Bibles. I don't want to change beliefs. It's right tonight, isn't it? And if it was right 20 years ago, it's still right tonight. And if it was right when everybody I knew was doing it, it's still right tonight. It's always right, the truth. What about it tonight? The battle for fundamentalism, let me say this as they get a song ready. Here's the battle for fundamentalism. 
It's not me against my brother. The battle's not between me and another preacher. It's really not between us and another church. I'm going to tell you where the real battle of fundamentalism is. You know where it's going on at tonight? Right in here. Right in your heart. You see, tonight, don't get distracted by thinking that the battle that I'm preaching about is about somebody that you know out there. No, listen, there's always going to be people like that. There's always going to be people that are changing. There's going to always be people that's going another way. People we don't know and sad, people we've known for a long time. That's not the battle. It's not against me versus them. It's really just right in here tonight. You'll do well, young people. I say this to you. You got to get all your convictions. All your listen to me, young people. You got to get all your convictions before you leave home. What you believe, why you believe them, and they're all in there. Okay, if you believe that, but you got to study them, brother Andrew. You got to dig them out. You can't believe them because I preach it. You can't believe it because the church believes it. It's a good thing for a while, but comes a day when you can't believe it because your parents. And thank God there's a period you ought to believe it because your parents. But you got to get a hold of it before you leave home. Moms and dads, you know this tonight. You got to get your convictions. And, and you say, well, preacher, I already got them. And I understand it, but I'm just telling you this tonight. You got to really nail them things down where there's no doubt, there's no question, there's no ever bringing it up, no debate. you got to believe it. you got to nail it all down before they get that age because that's when the battle comes. It's not when they're this age, but as they get older. And as a pastor, I have to do the same. Amen. As we stand tonight.